Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited that you are back. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we are going to talk with my friend and colleague, Nina Mandelson. She's actually been on the show before. And I love telling the story of how I met Nina because 10 years ago, I had gone through this food transformation. I had just followed actually, ironically, a bunch of rules. And you'll hear why that's ironic as we get into our conversation. But I had finally found my food. I had finally gotten out the stuff that wasn't serving me. And I had gotten in a lot of food that was serving me. And I was feeling so fantastic. But the person who had given me this menu was amazing and knew what she was doing, but she wasn't necessarily at the time a cook. And I, after the end of six months and eating the same thing every day, pretty much, really needed some variety. So I just Googled um, cooking classes in my area that were, I don't know what I looked for, gluten-free. Maybe I was looking for raw vegan. Anyway, Nina came right to the top and she was having a cooking class like three days later and she lived two miles away. So it was so weird. It was when Google really, really worked for me. And I ended up in her kitchen and I just loved her instantly and we became friends. And then she really helped me learn how to cook. So I attribute a lot of what I now know to Nina. Um, She's an amazing cook and health coach. And you'll see that her work has shifted in the past few years since she was last on the show. We talk a little, a lot less about food on this show and more about body image. But I just love the story of of how we met via Google. And it ends up we have a lot of friends in common, so perhaps we would have met someday anyway. But it's been such an honor to know Nina. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about what we're about to dive into, the topic that we're about to dive into. It's funny. It's been on my mind a lot since we recorded this interview. And I've just been trying to think and get to the bottom of my feelings around this topic as well which I go to a little bit in the show, but I just, I don't know, it was something I reflected. So I thought I'd reflect it back with you guys right now. So I've been playing a lot with the phrase, I am enough lately. I've noticed that it's a really important message to carry forward to our kids. Um, I have a tween and a teen girls. Um, I have a teenage boy too, but I find it's a little less true for him but a lot true for my daughters, of just that moment where you're not sure you're enough. And it's just wanting to get those straight A's and wanting to have the perfect wardrobe and wanting eventually to have the perfect body, which luckily I don't have that yet. But you know, who knows? Maybe it's around the corner. Hopefully not. But just this always measuring up, and I had it big time with my body. Um, I had full-on eating disorders in high school, and I really had this idea that I wasn't that my body wasn't enough. So it's something I've thought a lot about. 
And fast forward to when I changed my food and that that six months and then meeting Nina, I actually, for the first time in pretty much my whole childhood and adult life, really honestly felt like enough. And what was so interesting to me is that I really always thought that the food made me feel that way. But I think a little bit it was that some of the food I was eating was really playing with my emotions. I'm, you know, not meant to have gluten, but Nina will share that there's certainly people who can have gluten in this, you know, she, she shares that on the show. And so I really found my food and I understood more about how to really nourish my body with food in that moment. And I just felt good. And I always explain like me changing my food was literally like years of therapy. I just felt really good. Now, fast forward, it's been 10 years and eventually, you know, the food just became a habit, which really is what happens when you dive into something one thing at a time, which is why I always give you guys doable changes at the end of the show. And so I found that there's really this fine line between learning about food and understanding it. And then Nina shares how this can really become management instead of nourishing and self-love. And there's this fine line between, between those two things. And so I love getting into that. And where it comes up for me these days, it's interesting. I really feel okay in my skin. I really feel like I know how to make good choices. Um, I don't always make good choices. And when my body is really talking to me and being like, Mia, what's up? Like, what's happening? A lot of times it has to do with my aging body. You know, and I'm not that old. I'm in my early 40s. But, you know, three kids later, my boobs are sagging a little bit lower. My tummy hasn't quite been the same. You know, it's just a little bit different being in our bodies. And I've just, I love everything Nina shares because it really they're great tools for feeling okay no matter what and really leaning into these amazing bodies that have carried us through so many situations. I mean, think of childbirth, you guys. Like, It's just so amazing that we did that. And some of us did it multiple times. I mean, it is amazing. And right now when I'm learning more about food and thinking about what I'm eating or doing some sort of cleanse or thinking about some new methodology, I really do always try to lean back into some of these tools or lean into some of these tools that Nina talks about today to just really understand if it's a good match or if it's going to catapult me way too much into management and feeling like I need to follow rules because I am a rule abider. Um, and take me out of really nourishing my body. And for me, it can be either, it can go either way. And all of what I'm saying is going to make sense in a minute when you hear Nina's amazing words. But I just wanted to start off with some of those thoughts and just this understanding about improving our food while really improving our relationship with our body and how we have to constantly go back and forth between those two things, how that really is part of this journey. And loving our bodies, loving my body is something I totally want my girls to see so that they always have that. Okay. So that was my little thought for the day, which I don't always go into so long. So hopefully I haven't lost you. I have a couple of announcements before we get Nina on the show. Number one is next week, 
I am going to be hosting, actually, that's not true. At the end of next week, it is sort of true. If you're listening to this in real time on April 12th, to be exact, which is a Friday, I'm starting the dream big challenge. And this is going to be a five day challenge, which I'm on purpose starting on a Friday, which I know is kind of weird because mostly challenges start on a Monday, but I love utilizing the weekends for us busy mamas to really uh, take care of ourselves when uh, other people might be able to help us with the kids. Um, so we're going to get into what it means to dream big and get to the part where we're ready to decide what we want to do for our next 90-day season. So I'm doing this because I've a lot of people have signed up for the class that I gave away basically last week. And if you haven't gotten your copy yet, you can still go get it. And that's the plan your best days class. And you'll be able to go into the class for as long as you want, but in order to get it for free, you do have to do that now. So if you go to the plansimple.com website, there's this pop-up that's going to happen. You sign up there and you'll get all the instructions for how to not pay the $97 and get it for free. And you're welcome because that's a big gift, but I really want everyone to do it. So promise me that if you get it, you're going to do the class. Now, that was an aside because what I was trying to tell you was about the Dream Big Challenge. And the biggest thing I've heard about the whole flow planning process, which is kind of the important part of it, is that it's a little bit of work up front. So I really am having you imagine your dreams and understand what they are so that as you get into anything that looks like a checklist or a plan, you're mapping back to what you actually want instead of your checklist being all these things that the rest of the world is telling you should you should do, like what you need to buy for your kids right now and what you need to do for school. That, those are draining checklists. The kind of checklists we make here are the ones that are really leading us toward the life we want. And part of a big part of that is figuring out what is the life we want and what does that mean for the next 90 days. So that's what this challenge is going to be about. It's five days. I'm going to give you some really specific questions to answer and I will be there. We'll have some interactive conversations. And so hopefully that will really help you with the first part of the class that you're going to go download and get for free. So if you've already gotten the class, which I know a bunch of you have, this is going to really resonate. If you haven't gotten the class yet, go get that and then you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's the dream big challenge. And again, it starts on April 12th. And you go to plansimple.com slash dream big challenge. And that's how you will sign up for that and get all the emails. Okay. Okay. So those are my first two announcements. You can go get the plan your best days class and you can participate in the dream big challenge starting on April 12th. And the last thing is, is if you're listening to this in real time right now, we are running a giveaway on Instagram for Rachel Martin's book, who was on the show last week. We're giving away a copy of her book plus a year's worth of flow planners so that you can read her book, get super inspired to just live your best life, live your dreams, even as a mom. As you heard on the show, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen because it's amazing. But Rachel is a mom of seven and she it has not always been easy. She's a single mom of seven and her stories are amazing. And she has just really, through vulnerability, figured out how to live her best life. So I want you to be inspired by her and then I want you to be able to make your own plan. So go head on over to Instagram, find the picture of her book and read the rules and enter. And then that could be yours. So I think that those 
are my three announcements. Oh, and a fourth announcement is that the applications are still open for Flow 365, though they will be closing very shortly. Our first retreat is at the end of the month, at the end of April. That starts our first 90-day season together for a year. It's such an amazing program. Go read all about it. Hear how the women who've been part of this year have totally transformed and are shining in their own lives. You can read all about that on the page, which is at plansimple.com slash flow365. You can read all about it. You can see a video from me. You can see what you get, all that. And on there, there's a link of how to apply. Okay. That is definitely all I have. This was a long intro. Thanks for your patience. And with no further ado, let's get the amazing Nina Mandelson on the podcast. Hello, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, Mia. It's always a pleasure to be with you. It's a delight. All right. So I love when I get guests back on, but then I also forget what we've already talked about. So hopefully we're not being too repetitive and everyone should definitely go back and listen to the first Nina episode. But after we did that episode, I feel like I got you on at a point where you were a little bit in transition. And so you were really heading a lot more away, not away from food, because you still talk a lot of food, but really into this area about body image um, and really sort of claiming that. So I'm really excited to dive into that topic today. Me too. And it's kind of interesting, that transition, because Mm -hmm. I worked with women around food for you know, a decade yeah. of, you know, what would make me feel best and what's the right thing for me to be eating. And I love talking about food. And I obviously think that what we eat is important. But what I found is when women were struggling with how they actually felt about their bodies, about what came up when they looked in the mirror, we could talk food forever. And they could even have, you know, and I'm putting quotes around this, like a perfect diet and still look in the mirror and hate what they see yeah. and feel like they're not enough and feel like their body's not okay. And so what I found is that staying in the realm of only food didn't answer the deeper question of how do we get out of this place of body hatred? How do we get out of this place of body dissatisfaction? And so my movement into working with women more around their relationship with their bodies is not to say, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat. Of course, you know, you feel different if you have, you know, a breakfast of a coffee and the donut versus, you know, I don't know, fruit, protein, more whole foods. Your energy is obviously going to be different. Like most people can feel that in their body. Yep. But what might stay the same no matter which one you do is how you how you relate to your body, what you say to your body, what you say about your body, how you treat your body, right? So, and there's a difference too. Like when I was working with women around what are they eating and working around, you know, cleaning up their diets. And I get that. Like I have issues of inflammation in my body. It might makes a huge difference what I eat or what I don't depending so that I feel well. And no matter if I'm stuck there, I'm stuck in body management and I'm stuck in this place of did I do it right or did I do it wrong? And that doesn't do anything for how we feel at home in our body. It leaves us still in the land of rules. 
Does that make sense? Yes. And yeah. And I feel like there's definitely a pretty big population for whom rules is not like just feels yucky no matter what, right? It does. Because what happens is when we're caught in the rules of food, we're caught in um, deprivation often. Yeah. And for women, now some people, you know, I don't know many of them, but some people do like, okay, this is what I'm going to eat. I find it happens a little more with men. Okay, this is what I'm going to eat. This is the end of the story. I don't think twice about it. But for many women, because we are pleasure seekers, because we are sensual beings, because we're kind of juicy, when you tell us not to do something over and over and over, eventually there's going to be this inner rebel that goes, forget that. I'm doing whatever the heck I want and I'm going to eat it because I want it and because it tastes good. So right. when we get into this body management, what happens is this place of restriction and then our, uh, the, the impact of restriction on our female sensual fabulous selves is I'm not playing by these rules anymore. Right. And then we go into reaction. And it's interesting because I've spoken with a number of people lately, actually, who um, are very questioning of different kinds of food. Like, no, wait, that, that sounds perfect. Oh, wait, wait, no, that doesn't sound right for me. And it's like we make these stories and actually what they're coming up with isn't so different but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so, so it's like, I can't feel restricted. So I'm going to do this thing, or I think this is the right answer. And it's like, we're jumping from one right answer to another, which obviously is what the diet industry is. That's how they make money. Of, right. Like right. This is the answer to and this is right. the answer tomorrow. So how do we, how do we navigate? Like, how do we approach this? Like, so for in that place where we're like, shoot, like I hate it. I hate it when, you know, I'm not saying this for me, but if we're in that place where I hate it when I look in the mirror in the morning, yeah. then where, where do, what do we do? Like, Yeah, it's a great question, right? So first of all, it's naming what we just talked about, which is that's body dissatisfaction. Yep. And what we mostly do when we're in that place of body dissatisfaction and shame around our body and that inner critic when we look in the mirror and be like, I don't like that. You know, and I used to do, I'm totally like, I do this work because this is my story. Yep. So I would walk by the window reflection. I would walk with the mirror and be like, oh, that belly, oh, those thighs, oh, that butt, right? Whatever it is. First, we have to name that, right? Oh, there's my shame. There's my dissatisfaction. There's my body hatred. Really calling it out. So important to call it out. Otherwise, we believe it. Mm -hmm. We go, this is true. It is who I am. See, I'm not enough. I'm not that picture in the magazine that's been airbrushed. I am not that movie star who has a personal trainer for two hours every day. I am not that whatever. I am not that neighbor who shows up at pickup or the gym looking, you know, model perfect every day. I am, it, we start to believe that it's so important to create a distance, right? So we have to make a, a distinction. That over there, that's body hatred. That's body dissatisfaction. And then we also have to name before we get out of that place of like, ugh, I don't like this. We have to start to name the body management things that we do because we all have done them, right? Like, oh, let me try paleo. Maybe keto this time. Maybe raw food this time. Maybe, you know, Weight Watchers this time. Maybe 
shakes this time, maybe slim fast, whatever the product, the diet, you know, this dates me, but in, in my you know, youth, this is like, there was the Scarsdale diet and there was the grapefruit diet and there was like a zillion fasts, yeah. right? So to go, wow, oh, that's body management. That's not self-care. Right. That's body, that's body management. And I, and I just want to go around that statement again and unpack it a little bit because as women, we are actually taught that body management is self-care. Yes. Right? So, oh, you want to take care of yourself? Try this new diet. You want to be treating yourself nicer? Go on this, you know, brand new product, this new supplement. Right? We have to shift what and to try to redefine what is caring for ourselves really mean? Yeah. What is having an authentic, powerful, supportive relationship with ourselves really mean outside of trying to manage ourselves? And it's a different job, right? The body management is an outside-in job, right? right? It's our culture saying, here, buy this product or do this diet or, you know, it's, it's information coming from the outside in. What we want, right, and this is what a true relationship is, is from the inside out. Yeah. What works for me? What's my own knowing? Right. And mostly I work with women who are over 40. Like after four decades, you kind of have a sense of what works and what doesn't for your body. Like yeah. most women I talk to, they like could write their own nutrition book. Truly. Yeah. yeah. That's not the issue. The amount of information we have is not the issue. We have to take the conversation deeper. We have to get into what does it mean to have an authentic, caring, respectful, responsive relationship with our body, right? Instead of managing her all the time. And can you just give me an, a glimpse and then we'll go back? Mm -hmm. Give us a glimpse of what it looks like when you find that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So you've worked with people who've gotten there. Yeah. And how are you making a choice about what you eat? Oh my gosh, I love that question. So what does it look like, right? What does it look like to have that authentic relationship? So it looks like, what does my body need? Like, what does my body need? And it gets tricky here because people will go, well, if I ask my body needs, she'll be like, cookies. Yeah, <laughs> right. I want cookies, brownies, yeah, cupcakes, donuts, right? So, <laughs> and I love that part of us, right? So that is one archetype. It's one of the things I work with um, with women is who's coming to the table? Which archetype, right? Is it our teenager who's like, ah, I'm not going to do what she says. I'm going to do whatever I want. Is it the little kid who's like, where are the candies? Yeah. Is it our inner parent who's like, you know what, honey, you need some protein today, man. You know, you're about to get your period. You got to get some protein in there or, oh, wow, you just came from the gym. No wonder you're feeling kind of cranky and jittery. Get protein and water in there. Like that one who knows, yeah. right? The other, this is, I've been playing sort of really um, expanding this 
uh, archetype list, yep. you know, of all the different people that come to the table, because I've been working with women for decades around who's coming to the table, who's making these choices. Yep. Right? And recently, one of my favorites is the inner feminist, because mm. the inner feminist <laughs> I'm seeing come to the table more and more for women, because they're coming to the table with a body management um, thinking, okay, I'm going to have, you know, two ounces of this, or I'm just going to eat this, or no carbs, or whatever the current rules are. And the inner fem feminist is like, no freaking way. Do not tell me what to do anymore. I don't care what your rules are. And I'm like, yes, let's empower her and let's connect her with a deep listening. What do I really need? Yeah. What would truly nourish me? Right? What would make me feel most at ease, most at home in my body? Yeah. Right? And it's not that that food suddenly appears. You know, there's all the practical lifestyle part of like, who's going to go grocery shopping? How's that food going to be made? Like, those are all important, true aspects. But we really have to bring to the table more of a deep listening. What does my body want and need? And sometimes to get to that deep listening takes some healing. It takes some work because many women somewhere along the line got divorced from their body. I love that. I love that. I mean, I don't love that that happened, but I love that relationship thing. <laughs> that, we did. We, we are in relate. We're separate from our body, right? And that's an important thing to realize in so many aspects of our life, but especially well, this one. Absolutely. Right. Women get divorced for their body. There's a lot of reasons I got divorced, right? I got divorced, you know, I had kids and suddenly my body was not mine. You know, I'm nursing right. and I'm up all night and like, what body? Yep. I'm not, I'm completely divorced, right? There's other times I've gone through uh, big um, health crises. And I felt like I was literally being managed like by a, a medical establishment. Like yep. this isn't my body. We're just trying to figure out what the heck is wrong here. Yeah. Right. So then I was like, Oh, I can't deal with this. I'm divorced. Right. Women get divorced all the time for trauma, right? Sexual drama, trauma, violence, yep. all these reasons, ways that make us feel like it's not safe to be in our body. It's not safe to feel our feelings. It's not safe to listen to our deep desires or our deep longings. And yeah. so for all of those reasons and many more, many women divorce their bodies. And so to come back, to come back, to live in your body, to feel in your body, to, to have, let your body have a voice, to figure out who, who wants to be fed, what would most nourish her, that does take some healing, some healing work. Yeah, I love that. And, I, and it's, it's interesting because it's like, I'm so grateful for all the knowledge that I have gotten about food because without that, you know, you might, like, I don't know that I'd be able to, maybe I would be able to pull kale out of my intuition, but you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, like, unless you know that something exists or yeah, in some level, it's, it's, it's helpful to have been exposed to all these different diets. I have to say, I think I was in college when a bagel diet came out. Like, like wh who made that up? Like, wh wh how is that even a good idea? That would have been a bagel company. <laughs> exactly, right. Actually. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's, so it's just so interesting that, like, we, how these, how the, all the facts and, and all the different foods and how those interact with then 
are making the right choices. And it's just, it's fascinating. And it's, it's, com- it's complex. And it's so complex that I do believe that women really can have the answer because we're so good at that. Yes, that's such a beautiful point, right? It's embracing the complexity, the intricacy of who we are, that we're not just somebody who does calories in, calories out. We're much more complex, even on a biological level, right? There's hormones, there's stress responses, there's all, there's the sleep cycle, there's all these other, just this is just on the biological level. Right? And it's always the changing. Thing, and it's always changing. Then we've got the psychological level, right? How are we feeling in the moment? Are we looking for, you know, my, what I call nana food, you know, it's like the nana food is like the kind of food that you just sort of like, like if you could, you would just smear it on your heart to make yourself feel better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so my nana food is like bread and butter. Right. And there are times where I'm still like, oh my gosh, I go downstairs, I take my little gluten free toast because I'm <laughs> gluten free, put it in the toaster, put my butter on there. And I'm like, okay, I am, this is like nana food right now. I, yeah. I'm, look, it's, there's not, there's, it's, there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, sometimes food is what I need for some emotional solace. But if it's our only, only resource for taking care of our emotions, then we need to grow a little there. And then we need to expand our repertoire of how we nourish and care for our nervous systems. Right. That makes so much. Yeah, I love that. And well, just, I'm just going to reflect quickly back on my own story, just in this light. Um, Just, I'm just saying this out loud and kind of making it up as I go. But what was interesting for me is, so when I, and if anyone hasn't tuned into the first episode, I like praise Nina because she, it's a funny story how we met, but I had decided to change my diet. And um, the person who I had gotten the sort of like Kool-Aid of the, of the time from was not a cook. So she was able to give me what it was that I was going to eat. And she was able to print out five recipes and thank God I figured them out, but I wasn't a cook. So it was like two not cooks teaching each other. And at some point after eating the same exact thing, I don't know how long, like four or five months, I was like, okay, we got to move on. And I Googled like classes and Nina came up and she lives like four miles away from me and the class was on Saturday and I think I googled on a Thursday so it was like and now we have so many friends in common so maybe we would have met no matter what but I just find you know that's the universe in action that's like that intuition really moving you towards so that whole time of my life happened where I really changed my food and what was what's always interesting to me about that time is I had so many body image issues, like always, you know, I had an eating disorder in high school and college. Um, You know, I, it was like a yo-yo, you know, in before that. And it just was, I was such an emotional eater. And then something about changing my food and what I happened to have done at that point was I took out gluten and I am celiac. So that was important. (laughs) Um, I took out gluten and I took out dairy um, and I took out meat actually at that point as well, which I pretty much don't eat animal protein still, but I, I took out all those things at once. And I instantly felt it was like 10 years of therapy. It was the weirdest thing in like a week. Right. And all these things healed in my body, like allergies went away, weight went away. Um, I never got on antibiotics again. I got my period again, which I had never gotten without medicine. So, so much happened when I changed my food and my mood was like, night and day. It was so different and so much more even. But 
you know, four years went by in this bliss. And then of course, all that catches back up with you, right? Because you have it like it was great. (laughs) It was very therapeutic. But then at some point, you still have to deal with what's under it. And so then, you know, started a different kind of awakening process for me. But it's interesting how how that that dance between the food and the emotions and, and how for me, it was really interesting how how they related to each other and how one one could move the other forward. Right. And one thing I just want to caution uh, people who are listening is to go, well, Mia came off of gluten and dairy and meat and her whole life changed. Yes. So, yes, and maybe not for you. Yes. Right? There are a million diets out there because they worked for somebody. Yeah. So the real trick is what is right for you? And the gluten thing is not uncommon because gluten can have a real impact on people's emotions um, and energy. So that is actually not uncommon. And still, it's really a process of how do you listen to what's right for your body. And I think you both so beautifully said is we can do a piece of work around food. But then again, there's the deeper issues of how do we feel about ourselves? What's the conversation we we're having? And recently, it's interesting, and I, I'm, I don't know if it's just timing, but recently some of my new clients are people who have been in the you know, healthy food world deeply or been in the fitness world very deeply. Like this is what they do. Yeah. And they're coming to me because they're like, well, I've been touting this healthy lifestyle and now still I'm at this other layer of how come my body isn't being how I want it to be and how come, and sometimes it's aging. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, work, as I said, with women who are over 40. So aging is going to really kick our butt around body image and the shifts that are really natural. And we live in a culture that's all about the anti-aging and age-defying, which are terms that drive me up a tree, frankly, (laughs) because I believe we are all aging, right? So how do we create every day? So how do we be in the place with our self that honors our aging and our changing body. So there's a term that I've coined called being body current. And Mm -hmm. it's this idea of what's happening in your body right now. Not the body you had when you were in college, not those jeans, not the body that fit in the jeans that are still sitting in the back of your cupboard because maybe one day I'll get back to those jeans. I highly recommend throwing those out, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Just as an aside. (laughs) Just as an aside, get rid of it. And, but really, how do I be in this current body? Not even the body that I want for the wedding this summer, but this body. And so part of that, it's like any relationship. How do I be in this relationship with this being in this moment of my life? Not the relationship I wish, not the honeymoon relationship. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's talk some strategy. Like, I I just feel like, what does that person do who's just in the midst of it? I feel like it's confusing because we're 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 sometimes we're feeling something in our body, right? That's causing us to look, even think about this, right? So sometimes it's that we've passed the mirror and that we're having shame. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, 
we're in this constant thing of shame and then we get a rash or, you know, we're notice our hands are swollen or, you know, something, our body's telling us something and we're trying to figure out, you know, what to do for it. Right, the yelling case. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, so then. And we, there's also often I hear from women, which is, I know I'm not taking care of, like, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what I should be eating, shouldn't be eating, but I'm, I'm, doing it. But I'm not doing it. And I don't know why but I can't give myself that self-care. So let's let's talk about that woman because I think that's really what I was getting at. So like yeah. that woman who knows exactly what she's supposed to do. Yeah. What's next? So what's next is let's start let's start listening to that part that goes I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going on another diet. I'm not going to be in body management. And even the even let's listen to the part that says, you know what? I know exactly what I should be doing, but I've got this big wall towards taking care of myself. Let's really look at what it what how have you defined self-care? How do we shift that so that self-care actually doesn't feel like another chore? I hear that a lot from women. It's, it's interesting because I, I spoke with someone last week who knew so well what she wanted to do. She like she knew exactly what her body wanted mm-hmm. so well that she, for the first time in a very long time, went out on a Sunday and made everything that she needed for the week. So she was sure that she could she have, it. have it. It would work in her busy life. And then it was Friday and she hadn't touched it. Right. Right. So that's so interesting, right? Because it's right there. I hear that from women too. It's right there. I put it in the fridge, but there's part of me that goes, nope, I'm not having it. Who is that? Who is that? Let's find out who that is and let's end the war. Because it's like some part of them that's like got their hands across their chest. Like I'm not doing it. You can't make me. Yep. So who is that? What does she want? Where did she get injured along the way? Where did she get divorced? And why is the only way that she can get heard to be like, I have not taken care of myself. It's not right. happening. Right? That's when we want to start to shift out of that place of warring with ourselves into a place of body peace, into a place of true listening to ourselves. And it does take the deeper work. And I wish I could tell you there was the magic diet, there was the magic pill. But I have honestly worked with women and their relationship with their body for over 25 years. This is the process. And when people are like, wow, it takes a while. And my clients, I just had this, um, I do these groups and this, the, they were talking about how they finally got to this place where all of the the voices, all the different archetypes, all the different parts that are saying, but I want this and I want that, that that is where their personal growth comes from. Like that the process of working with your relationship with your food, working with your relationship with your body is, opens a door. It's a doorway to knowing yourself more. It's a doorway to having a fuller life. It's a doorway to being more alive and awake in life and engaged. So even though we're looking, we, everybody keeps looking for the cure and the fix, it's really the process that's yeah. the juicy bit. And that we all have to go through. Yes. Because like, even if you look somewhat like the airbrushed picture in the magazine, I find it has nothing to do with that, actually. There are super confident people who have bigger bodies and super confident people who have smaller bodies, and there's yes. the opposite on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, and that's so important, right? It doesn't actually matter the size of your body. It matters what 
what's the what's your inner experience of it how do you talk to yourself how do you talk to the mirror yeah okay i love this it's juicy juicy stuff <laughs> i love it too it's so amazing because when a woman can shift their energy out of body management and out of the war and move towards a place of i'm at home in my body and i'm at more peace with my body so much energy available to do the things they really want to do. And okay. that's why I love doing this work because women have things to do. Not everybody needs to do like, not like let's free up our energy and do what your, your, your God given talent is, you know, out in the world. Okay. So can we give like just a couple, just super practical tips, like what this yes. actually looks like? So I, I, I totally get being in conversation with your body. And actually I, I do this personally a little bit in meditation. So I have these conversations with the different parts of myself in that that's part of my practice and it's yeah. super helpful. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of journaling as well yeah. around it, but what are like, what are the, some of the things that you're doing? Like yeah. the, the actual action, the time yeah. that's being put in. Yeah. So I think some of the things you're saying are great, right? Taking a pause, but sometimes we can't always pause. Right. So in the life of busy living, one of the most important things is just awareness, is to go, wow, okay, that's body management. Oh, I want to start again on Monday. Oh, body management. Oh, I'm looking at her and I'm, we're, we're, I'm with some girlfriends and everybody's talking about their newest diet. Oh, this is body management, right? Name it. Put a sticker on it. Label it. And call it for what it is. This is body management and it will keep me in the diet cycle forever. Mm -hmm. That is one very, very powerful, powerful step because it calls out the diet culture and the toxicity that is engaged in that realm of diet cycling and the roller coaster of diets and the start again on Monday. So naming it and then, and I know this sounds really basic, but like putting your hand on your heart. What do I feel right now? Because when we actually touch ourselves, what do I feel? It's like reaching out to, to a kid. How are you doing? When you connect with a friend, how are you feeling? It's the way we start a relationship. Hey, how are you doing? Hello. Honestly, a hand on a heart and hello goes miles towards starting the relationship with your body. Okay. And it's funny. I kind of want to like get a little bigger than the food in a sec, but I have one more food question. So let's, can we just give an example where, let's give an example of something, I don't know. Let's say I want a cookie. I have mm -hmm. a cookie. There's a cookie. There's a cookie. And there's a cookie. And, you know, it's been a busy day. Every, it's been chaotic. I haven't quite gotten done what I want to get done. You know, dinner doesn't quite feel as moved toward as it should be, whatever. Like it's just a busy day and, I, and I'm wanting this cookie. So, and, and the cookie does not have in it the things that I have decided will nourish me, right? Whether mm -hmm. probably from a management standpoint. Mm -hmm. So what, what is that? What is that? choice look like? And, and can we just give examples of, of when we would say no and when we'd say yes? You know what I mean? Like what is, it, what is behind that choice? And I assume that there's a time when we really should indulge and then there's a time when really, you know, yeah. we don't want it. We, like our soul doesn't, we don't want it at the soul level. Yeah. Right? So yeah. let me unpack that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So there's the cookie. So first of all, it's hello cookie, right? <laughs> Let's be in relationship with our food. 
right? Hello cookie, right? This is a whole, uh, um, what I call the hello technique. It's perfect for this kind of experience. And if you want more, I can give me, I can give you a link to, there's a whole video series around okay. the hello technique. Um, but the short version is hello food. Oh, cookie. Okay. And then hello body. Oh body. What are you feeling? Okay. Well, I'm feeling kind of frazzled. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling kind of um, hungry, right? I'm feeling kind of like I want some comfort. Okay, so hello food. And in the hello food, we want to be in that place of like, is this food, like where did this food come from? Like has it been sitting at the back of my cupboard for six months because the kids didn't like it, but now like I'm exhausted and I'll eat whatever, right? Is it that? Is it some beautiful homemade cookie that was dropped off by my neighbors and, you know, it's high quality and homemade and artisanal chocolate in it, whatever, right? That has a different vibe to it, a different energy. So that's what we want to get into in the hello food. So hello food, what's going on with the food? I'm in relationship now with the food. It's not just something I stuff in my body. Like it doesn't matter and I don't matter, right? Hello food, hello body. What's going on in here? What am I feeling? Then, and this is really important, hello, pleasure. Mm. Hello, pleasure does a bunch of different things. I'm not going to go into it right now. And the video series will give you the science of why hello, pleasure is so important. But hello, pleasure can help you decide, is this food going to give me true pleasure? Is it going to just give me a pleasure of the moment of just stuff something in my mouth and like a little kid, shut up, here's a cookie? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to give me the pleasure of I sit down with tea, I relax, I take a minute, I collect my thoughts, I like shut the door on the whole world for a second, and I take an exhale, right? Is this food truly going to nourish me? So the hello technique, the hello food, hello body, hello pleasure can really help us work through being in a relationship to our food and to what really gives us pleasure and nourishes us. Okay. And from that hello pleasure, should we decide to have the cookie? Then do we revisit it after? Like I imagine at the very beginning of this, we might still feel bad after the cookie, even if we've made a good choice, right? Right. No, then you made the cookie. Congratulations, yeah. I ate a cookie. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then I you ate have, a cookie. Yeah, and then you have to re come into agreement with that being the right choice or just can, understand the agreement. Or and you can notice, wow, the guilt comes in so hard. Yeah. That's a piece of work to do of healing. If you cannot give your get yourself off the hook for eating a cookie, then there's some work in there. Yeah. Right? Then there's some healing. But sometimes, like, we have to say, you know what, congratulations, there it was. It was whatever, flour, sugar, an egg, whatever goes into a cookie, and that, those ingredients do not make me a bad person. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of the things that I really hear you saying, and, and pretty much the reason behind my work right now, is just this whole part of you have to slow down right? So like this work is impossible to do at a fast, fast pace. You have to be able to slow down to like really understand. And an interesting example from my own life with this is coffee. So I gave up coffee for many, many years, but the truth was, is that I love coffee. Like I love it so much. And so at some point, maybe on the road trip three years ago, I let it back in Mm -hmm. 
but it very quickly got out of control, right? It very quickly got to the point that I was not doing it from a good place. Mm -hmm. It's just easy, you know, which is true for any addictive thing, like, you know, wine or sugar or whatever. And so one of the things that I did a couple of years ago was I bought this like coffee thing that that's, there's nothing electronic about it. Like you have to like press it, like you have to make it and it's meditative. Right. And, it's a and ritual. It, but it also takes time. So it's like a ritual. It takes time. I don't always have time, but yeah. if I really, if my body really wants it and I can make the time for it, then yeah. I make it and it takes 20 minutes and I sit down and I journal while I have it. And so as a result, it's not every day. Yeah. Um, and it's really when I want it. And it's really when my body is saying like, this is an okay ritual. And sometimes I choose tea instead, but you know, when I do have it, I feel like I just feel in such relation with it, you know, and it's just a different vibe than right. you know, passing Starbucks and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a coffee, you know, right. it's the whole right. different energy. Yeah. And I save a lot of money, right. but anyway. Yeah, no, it is. It's a different experience. You are, you're choosing and you're nourishing yourself in the whole process, yeah. right? If that cookie becomes an abuse, that's a different story, right? Then you're using yeah. food to to fuel the war with your body. Right. We don't want food to be fueling the war. Right. We want food to be part of the body piece. Yes. I love it. All right. You have something very exciting coming up. Tell us what it is. I do. I have a body piece masterclass coming up. And it's going to be a really interactive series around how do we create body peace. And we're going to go into specific, I'm asking people to bring pen and paper um, because I want to invite women into a place of looking at this relationship with themselves. Where is the war with their body? How do we create this body peace and make it a little more personal than, you know, we can talking about it. I want each woman to really come away with more awareness of where's the war happening and how do I start to shift myself and move towards body peace. And that's going to be starting on April 8th and it's free. So it's an amazing, um, powerful and deep resource. And if you haven't figured it out already, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you the latest, greatest product or food, diet, um, but I am going to invite you into a deep relationship with yourself. I love it. And is there anything that we've missed that's not food-based? Like, because I feel like we talked a lot about food. Is there any but for anyone? I think it's so important to actually bring those two pieces together, together. because okay. the food can create the war with yeah. our bodies. Um, but the food can also create the peace with our bodies. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I feel like that's what I do that's uniquely mine, which is bridge those two. You know, there's a lot, not a lot, there are more and more people talking about the psychology of owning our body image. Yep. And there's a lot of people talking about about food food. Mm -hmm. and to bridge those gaps right I did I you know I am a health coach you know that was my world and I'm also a therapist and really dove into the land of body trust and the psychology of eating and have can marry those two because the reality is we have to sit down and eat every day right you know and if that is adding to the war 
then we need to explore that. Okay. And just before we let our listeners go, will you glimpse a little bit into your life and how this has really helped, how this has really changed what your life looks like today? Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful question. So I, you know, I do this work. I'm so passionate about this work because I struggled so for so many years around my relationship with food and body. And, you know, I did all the diets. I was in OA. I was in doing Scarsdale. I did Weight Watchers for more years than I will ever admit. And if always, it was Monday, I'm going to diet again. Monday, I'm going to start again. And looking in the mirror and feeling like I wasn't enough. And that my relationship with my food and the relationship with my body kept me in a place where you know, I just wasn't fully myself in life. There was always this feeling like I'm just not good enough. Like everybody else is allowed like to live fully and be really engaged and happy and, and uh, like really vibrant. But, you know, your body's just not good enough. You can't do that. Mm. And as I made peace with my body, as I came to a place of really being at home, there's this a delight that's come up. You know, a delight in my family, a delight in my work, a delight in in life in general, because I get to take up my space. I love that. All right. And I wish that for everybody listening. So we should all go sign up for Nina's class. <laughs> Mia, thank you so much. It's so always so fun to be I with know. you. I know. I could talk to you for hours. I know. Hours hours. I know. Thank you awesome. so much for being here today. It's really my delight. Really my delight. At the end of every episode, we choose three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where big change happens and it's sometimes where we get a little bit stuck. So here's my recommendation. My recommendation is that every week, maybe on Sunday night, you choose one doable change, one thing that you're going to really work on for the week and you commit to that one thing and you play with it and you put things in your calendar and you set reminders on your phone and you write little notes to yourself throughout the house and you really make that change your own. You fit it into your life. Now, in every episode, I always choose three things that you could choose from. Today, we're talking body image. So if that's not your jam this week, go check out all the ideas we have on the Plan Simple website. Every podcast ever has three suggestions and we have boiled down our favorites into a document that you can get to by clicking on the link, any of the links on the website. It's always at the top of the page. It's called do the next right thing. If you go download that, you'll have a whole set of things to choose from. Now, the challenge is always to choose one because one is really where it's at. So let's go through the three from this episode. Number one, name body management. Just getting aware of the body management thoughts and the things that you do is an amazing start to changing how you feel about your body. So just start noticing and calling out things like, I'll start on Monday, or talking about the latest diet, or saying you're going to cut out carbs or gluten or whatever it is. Right now, I feel like the new fat is intermittent fasting, which I have to say I love, but it's so interesting talking to Nina about how that can really get you into body management mode, which has its place, but probably not in body love mode. So say... Just say, whenever you have these thoughts, say, I see you body management. 
So make this your priority for a week and see what happens. That is doable change number one. Doable change number two, you could use the hello technique. Nina suggests that hand on the heart and hello goes miles towards starting the relationship with your body. She also talks about saying hello to food to get into relationship with food and hello to pleasure. And you can use her hello technique to start to connect your body and your food instead of just having rules about what you do and don't eat. So she goes into the hello technique a little bit in the podcast, if you've heard heard it there, but she also has a full-on video about it, a video class about it. And we've linked to that in the show notes. So if you go find Nina's picture on the plansimple.com website, you can click on the link that says hello technique and learn all about it. If that is what you're going to do for the week. Doable change number three, ask, what do I need? Ask your body what it really needs. Nina notes that this is a tricky question and learning to really hear what would make you feel most at ease, most at home in your body or nourish you the most is a process. It's really not about the end destination. So start by asking the question and just seeing who shows up at the table. Nina goes through all these really funny personalities on the show, you know, the rebel or the little girl. And it's all these attitudes that show up when you ask what you really need and just see what answers you get. That's really where this process begins. So those are the three doable changes from this episode. I'm super excited for you guys to dive into this work. As always, there's so Nina has given us so many resources. I'm so excited to have her on the show. I'm actually thinking about what would happen if I had her on the show more. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask Nina in particular, please send us an email at Mia at plansimplemeals.com and maybe we can convince her to come back. And up next, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about cleaning up our products that we put on the outside of our body as we head into the spring. All right. I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.